Don't think healthcare professionals have any business experience? Think again. No topic is off limits as we share tales from our brave hosts who will always tell it like it is. We are hashtag no filter healthcare. Here to guide you through your healthcare journey are your hosts, Taylor Dunn and Tamara Donda. We want to thank our sponsor, Uptime Health, the leading healthcare equipment and compliance management software company for bringing this podcast to fruition. Visit UptimeHealth.com to learn more. Let's get started. Welcome to hashtag no filter healthcare. I'm your co-host, Taylor Dunn. And I'm your other co-host, Tamara Donda, and today we have our guest speaker, Dr. Ryan Hungate, who is the CEO and founder of Simplify. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Hungate, um, and thank you for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Tamara and I are the only ones that haven't actually met you in person. Our entire team seems to have met you at tons of conferences, so it's going to happen one of these days soon. <laughs> Absolutely. We got to get you out there in, in the wild again. Yeah, no, I, we love hanging out with all the uptime people. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I wanted to also say congratulations on the Amplify event. I heard it was a huge success um, and Uptime Health loved being there. We got to sponsor some koozies, which was fun. Um, and we just love being partners yeah. with Amplify. <laughs> Yeah, no, no we, we absolutely love partnering with you guys. We were very fortunate that Amplify was so successful right off the bat. Um, had a few hundred people there. Uh, you know, it's interesting. It's it's cool what happens when you just say, you know, we want to just facilitate collaboration. And really, that's honestly what we did. I think a lot of people go in saying, hey, this is a speaker I want you to hear. Speaker, speaker, speaker. And then on top of that, you kind of like look away from the vendors um where really a lot of innovation actually all the innovation comes from the from the vendors right it's just the practices implementing what that innovation is so we said hey let's focus on the innovation let's talk about the how, how we actually implement all this and then we can have all these practices talk about how they've had success along the way and boom magic happens uh you know it was a great vibe people got to chill we made large mastermind breakout sessions and I think a lot of people went home and were able to actually implement what they heard, which I think that should be the goal of every single conference. And we just were able to pull it off. Yeah, it was amazing. The feedback we got just from our team alone as a, a sponsor, it was really great for us to be able to meet some of these groups and feel like we were part of all the innovation. It was very cool. So, <laughs> all right. Good. So now well, you guys are super unique. So we're pumped. <laughs> <laughs> so now that I've, you know, talked up Simplify and I just have to mention how amazing they are as partners, um, let's just kind of dive right into it um, and have you tell us a little bit about Simplify and then, you know, what inspired you to launch a business like this to help dentists like yourself? Yeah, um, so it's interesting. So I, I, before all this, I worked at Apple. Uh, I worked out in Cupertino, designed what you now experience as the Apple retail workflow. Um, which is kind of a weird start to a whole dental journey. Uh, but, you know, it really got me really keen on what software can do to a workflow, you know, because Apple obviously had some pretty good tools. Now, interestingly enough, we had to growth hack a lot. So I had to create, you know, we used walkie talkies and limo signs and we didn't have iPads and iPhones, even though the iPhone came out while I was there. Uh, we were using pocket PCs, which gave us a great excuse to blame all of our problems on Windows whenever it went wrong, which is really funny. Uh, but at the same time, you know, one of the things that I got there is that if you don't purposefully, you know, have some sort of flow to your office, if you are not trying to be very intentional about 
certain things to happen. You might be able to take care of it at one location. It might be okay. But then if somebody leaves, right, it's the only one that knows how to do that workflow, or you want to expand to two or three or four or 100 or 500 locations, it doesn't work the same way, right? It just doesn't scale. Um, I only learned that, obviously, as an entrepreneur and as I got out. But, you know, we got to see that on a massive scale at Apple. We got to expand that to about 300 plus stores worldwide. Um, and what inspired me to do the dental side of things and, and really just all retail healthcare was a lot of my friends who I was in pre-med, pre-dent with, they all started to get into school or they were graduating. And they were showing me their software. And I just remember saying, oh, man, you got to update. Like, this looks really old. And they're like, I bought it yesterday. <laughs> and oh, wow. it was one of those yeah it was one of those moments where it's it's almost like you're like wow look how ugly that baby is and they're like that's my baby um so you know it was like that kind of thing oh, uh wow. and, and it's just one of those moments where i'm like oh my god if this is the status of this industry if this is where they believe innovation is happening i could come in here and blow it up and got there realized very quickly it was not uh so much just the software designer problems it's just that they only teach us clinical work in school, right? That's it. And, and look, we are all great clinicians. Now, well, some are better than others, but at the same time, like we're all, we all become great clinicians. We don't become great business people. That's just not how we graduate. I went through 11 years of school for ortho, right? Had one business class my sophomore year in undergrad. I, you can accidentally run a $3 million business and we're the only people out there that can actually do that. You know, you run a Starbucks, like a dental practice, I think goes out of business in six months. You know, we just have great, you know, large price things. And even though we're running at 30% margin on average, you know, when something costs a couple thousand dollars, you get, a, you know, a BMW and two vacation homes. It's awesome. And then the downside is, is that if you don't know how to tweak those things, right, if you don't know how to actually automate pieces, guess how you fix the problems if you're not making enough money? You raise prices. So the people that end up paying the price are the patients downstream. Now, if we can come in there and we can apply technology to something like this and we can say, look, I'll turn, you know, two people or one person into two people, I'll automate some of the stuff that they don't want to do. Right. This is even more prevalent now because people can go anywhere. We don't have a line down around the corner trying to get into our businesses, trying to work for us anymore. Right. They're going elsewhere. They're getting 20 percent pay bumps all of a sudden. So now it's funny. I, we talked to a lot of DSOs and a lot of those DSOs will say, look, I try to allot 20 percent. Uh, of all revenue or whatever it might be or my spend for employees and now they're at 21 percent or 22 percent and by the way that's not going down right it's going back up i think it's going to flip a little bit for the employees uh coming up soon right where it's going to be a little bit more of a employer market instead of an employee market again but it's not here yet and it doesn't mean that we're all of a sudden going to drop all the salaries again that's just not how that works it's cats out of the bag so you know we have to look for automation now, what Simplify did to fix this is we looked at the pieces of the front desk that we can help. Okay, we wanted to say, as a front desk team member, what do you not like to do, right? What do you wake up in the morning and go, oh, I got to go do this again? And we found out that things like, you know, scheduling, and this is where like uptime comes in in a big way, right? Like nobody wants to do what you guys automate. It's awesome. Right. It's that's not. why I was so I was so pumped to, to hear about what you guys do, right? It's so cool. No, if everybody can never worry about what you guys help them with, which I'm sure we'll talk about, like they'll be really excited. Same thing with us, right? So what do we help with? We help with scheduling patients, you know? Think about this. When you look at, you know, a restaurant anymore and it doesn't have open table on it, are you excited to call them and figure out if they're open or that they take reservations? 
Not at all. No, I'm moving on to the next restaurant, right? Yeah. I move on. I don't even blink at it. But yet with a doctor's office, only 12% of doctors have direct scheduling. And I ask these doctors now, how do you want to book your appointments? If you are going to the doctor, how do you want to do it? If they're really true to themselves, <laughs> they want to book it online too. But yet they don't offer it themselves, right? So, and, and now, you, you know, you look at a front desk team. Do they want to do this work as well? Hell no. Right. So this is something we help. Uh, same thing with reconciling payments. Right. Do you like swiping credit cards or taking payments or dealing with payment plans and then literally having to flip around to the electronic health record and Dentrix Eaglesoft or Open Dental or Dentrix Enterprise, whatever it might be, and having to type it in again? And I ask them, have you ever made an error on a calculator when you're typing in a number? Every time. Right. So, all, all, yeah, all, all these things happen. So, we're looking at things like payment processing and we're looking at things like scheduling and recall management and not just reminding patients about their appointment, but looking at the patients that make you the most money, right? What if I could look through your entire list? These doctors don't understand. They have a gold mine. They plan hundreds of different treatments a day. So they create a gold mine. The problem is, is that their mining equipment, AKA the front desk team, right? Can only make five outbound calls because they're so darn busy processing insurance or swiping credit cards and talking to patients every day. So you're building all this value and you never can go after it. What if we can categorize all of that, look at the most valuable treatments that are going to make money for you and automatically send texts and emails out to those patients, allowing them to schedule themselves for that exact treatment. That's the other piece that we do, right? You, you start to weave all these things together in a beautiful way and make them actually talk with each other. Then you start to get magic because now it's not only about sending you a new patient, but actually telling you, like we tag patients, we can tell you how much money each one of those patients makes you in your practice. It's freaking awesome. You know, how many people out there like, you know, say, oh, I sent you 20 patients. Oh, what does that mean to me? I don't know. Right? Like that, that's every other company out there, which is fine. Like they just don't have the technology to tell you how much that patient was worth. And honestly, a doctor doesn't know. Like ask every doctor out there. They'll tell you a different value for every single patient. Right? Oh, they're worth 150. No, they're worth 8,000. How can there be such a difference? Well, guess what? They're both wrong. Nobody really knows because every patient is different. Now, if you strap a true value to that patient and actually follow them in and through their patient journey, you can actually show what true ROI looks like. So, you know, that's where we're looking to actually help things out. We want the front desk team to be more human. We want them to actually do the things that they want to do every day, interact with patients. If you can magically wave your hands as a doctor or a front desk team member and fix a patient, that's what we would all do. And we just talk with them for 20 minutes because it's fun. Right. We don't get to do that. We have to do the fun, the non-fun stuff in between. So we're trying to just make them focus on more good stuff. It's amazing what you guys are doing. It just makes sense. And I mean, even from like a patient perspective, you know, no one unfortunately likes going to the dentist, you know, not the majority. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a popular opinion. So making that process even easier for them um, is just perfect. I love it. So um, let's get into more of like the technology type of question. So, you know, we're curious to know, you know, technology has been advancing rapidly in dental, as you've touched on, you've proven that with the conference you guys put together. Um, so just from a no health, hashtag no filter perspective, <laughs> got to throw that in there. Um, what are your thoughts about how dental technology will continue to advance and how quickly do you think everyone in the industry will adapt? I mean, you're getting ready to see a golden era, in my opinion. And it's not because, 
it's not because they want to, I'll tell you that much, right? It's funny, doctors, and I say this lovingly as a doctor, right? <laughs> We're drug kicking and screaming into things. Why? Well, you look, it ain't broke. I already said, you know, We've got the the BMW and the vacation home. We're doing pretty good. You don't really meet a lot of angry doctors out there, um, especially orthodontists. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, all the doctors, all the retail healthcare physicians, you know, let alone dentistry. But dentists are usually pretty happy people. Here's a problem, though. We are seeing things now that we've never seen before. Okay. Like, like I was saying, we used to have a line down around the corner of hygienists and assistants, front desk people that want to work at our offices because we paid pretty well. And at the same time, we had a great work environment. That all disappeared in a six month period, right? Not so much the great work environment or the good pay or anything like that, but the line around the corner disappeared. People, people either didn't want to come back to work or they did come back to work and they wanted to level up, right? And then for the first time ever, because there was a labor shortage and more patients wanted to come in than ever, Dentists expanded, right? We expanded like crazy. And because we expanded like crazy, more jobs were available. And to compete more, what did we do? We leveled up salaries significantly, okay? So all of a sudden where you're like, look, I'm crushing it on my margins. I'm doing just fine. The most costly thing in your practice, aka the people, right? All of a sudden cost a lot more money. My margins aren't as cool anymore. I can't afford the BMW and the vacation home. So there's only a couple answers to that. Well, I can raise prices, but now the world becomes more price sensitive, okay? And that, by the way, that happened. Like inflation, if you're wondering how inflation works, I just described it, right? But at the same time, right? At, at the same time, you know, at some point there is a ceiling to that and we all know what that looks like. So it's either I make crappier margins or we figure out how to make the margins better without changing a thing. And that is what we should call technology adoption, right? That is what will happen. We're starting to look outside the box. So all of these doctors are now going, okay, I'm screwed. I can't hire people. Like I, I was talking to a, a large DSO the other day. He said, look, every when, time when I think I've solved my hiring problems, everybody quits. And then I solve them and everybody quits. And I saw him. He goes, I've just given up. Right. And, and, you know, it's interesting, the restaurant industry or even better yet, fast food industry has been dealing with this for years. You know, they have a hundred percent turnover year over year. Like that's crazy, but look, they've dealt with it. How the hell did they deal with that? How can a McDonald's even survive at 100% turnover year over year? Systems, technology, the place keeps running with a minimal amount of people. We are hopefully not going to see that same type of turnover. That would be awful, but we have to be ready for it. We have to say, we have to start looking at pieces that can make us continue to run. Right? If Bobby at the front desk that's been there for 25 years leaves. We can't say, oh, well, Bobby's the only one that knows how to schedule. No, right? right? We have to fix that, right? Oh, this person's the only thing, you know, person that knows how to figure out whether my uh, equipment's actually going to continue to run. Oh, they, they keep it on a nice clipboard. It's going to be just fine here. No, that is not how this works anymore. We have to fix this. So I think that you're getting ready to see a golden era out of necessity, COVID was the beginning of that, where everybody went home. And what's funny is I always say doctors don't adopt technology for certain reasons. One of them is that they're on a bullet train, right? The bullet train is going 100 mile an hour. So changing something would literally stop the bullet train or crash the bullet train. And they can't risk that. That's The bullet train stopped during COVID. Everybody went home. They're all on their couch. So what did you get? A huge adoption loop of technology. The problem is now they're all back at work. Now they're going a million miles an hour. 
now they're going to have to choose to actually pause for a second. And the technologies out there that don't actually change workflow, that actually minimalistically change things, and even better yet, take a net negative of work away and can turn those people from one person into two, those are the technologies that are going to survive just fine. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, I love, you know, kind of how you how you put that. Um, I think it's super important, obviously, with post pandemic and how the, you know, innovation has kind of sparked everything. So my question and I come from a marketing background, by the way, so I'm really curious, how do you stand out from the crowd? Right? You know that there's tons of softwares to choose from. And I know a lot of uh, you know, physicians are trying to figure out, well, what do I use, right? There's one that does this, there's one that does yeah. that. So what uh, marketing techniques kind of made you stand out? Um, so the, the biggest piece is becoming a trusted brand. So that's, that's the first thing. It, it, look, that just comes with time. You know, Henry Schein and Patterson, they've been around literally for almost like 100 years, right? If, if you can survive that long, everybody just kind of ends up knowing who you are. You're either going to have a great opinion of them or a bad opinion of them, or you, but this is the best part. You're going to have an opinion so that when a salesperson calls in or is talking to you and you say, hey, I'm from whoever it might be, they go, yep, I know who you are. That's priceless, right? This is something that obviously as a startup, we didn't have that time on our hands. We got to figure it out early. So, you know, it helps being doctor founded or like from that background. That's a, that's a, that's a really big piece for Simplify, knowing that we have that product market fit. We understand we built it from the doctor's perspective. Um, the other piece is, is that, you know, knowing that front desk team members see change as the devil, okay? And that practices see change as the devil. Now it can even be like good change. Like that's the kicker. It could be great change, um, but change is change and it's scary. So you have to come in there, and it's funny, so here we go. I'll, I'll train both of you on how to use Simplify. Do you know how to open an email? I do. Congratulations, you're trained, Thank right? You. And the reason that we, yeah, so, and that's literally our training, right? Why do we train like that? Well, we are using legacy technology to notify them, and what are they doing every single day, multiple times a day anyway? They're checking their email. So what did they change in their workflow? Nothing. Right. The other thing is like with our payment processing, right? When you swipe a credit card right now, they're having to flip around. They have to enter it into the electronic health record here. If you use simplified credit card processing, right, they swipe a credit card and that's done instantaneously. So I took the work away. Now, here's the thing. We have to show them that that actually happened. They have to trust it and it has to work. Right. That's the biggest thing, because if it doesn't work, then who the hell cares? So there's a huge trust factor there. If I if it doesn't work every so often. And I have to check on it. That is more work, right? That's the problem. It's almost worse checking on it. Even if I net take away 30%, if I'm like, oh, I work 30% of the time. No, that's not okay. It's actually worse. It makes them more nervous. So, you know, we have a huge burden on our back saying, look, not only do we have to take away the work, but we have to make it better for them at the same time. You know, the other and last piece, I think that the way that Simplify talks out uh, or that, that we stand out on the marketing side of things is that we tell you exactly how much money each patient makes for you. We call it matchback. This is huge, right? When you can quantify, because uh, doctors don't speak the same language of efficiencies, right? I think you guys understand this more than anything else. If I say, oh, no, I'm going to make you more efficient. I'm going to save you so much time. They don't feel that problem, right? Because it's not them doing the work. So when they swipe their credit card to make it better, all they see is I'm just spending more money. 
because Bobby, who runs this as an office manager, doesn't have that chance to say, I'm underwater, I'm having a nightmare. Or even if they are, they're like, you know, what does a doctor think? Nah, my job's harder, right? We all think our jobs are harder. So the problem is, is that we don't really, not so much respect, but we don't understand what that looks like. Ask any doctor, you know, what are you using for credit card processing? What are you doing for checking patients in? Almost, you know, what, what's your website address? Almost all of them go, I don't know. <laughs> they have no clue, right? They haven't seen it. And I get it. Look, they're busy making money in the back. That's awesome. But the problem is, is that everything else goes by the wayside. So I think the way that we market is, one, we market directly to front desk teams. We talk to those teams. We say, look, I'm going to make your life happier. And I'm going to tell the doctor how much work you're doing, which is great, right? And I'm going to make them, you know, and the doctor should be really happy because one, overall cost is going to go down. Their margins are going to go up. And at the same time, you're going to get staff happiness shooting through the roof, which is really cool because now retention increases. So that's kind of how we end up marketing. We market more to like the actual persona of those practices. And, you know, each persona is different throughout. Yeah, that's that's really awesome. Um, and I know it probably makes them feel really good and special, too, that you guys communicate that with them, too, because, you know, they can sometimes yeah. be lost, you know, with the, with the mix and the shuffle of day to day. So um, so coming from a startup in the same industry as Simplify, like we at Uptime Health really do strive for growth. Right. And I think you probably feel the same. When did Hell you yeah. feel that shift from a startup? to a well-oiled machine, right? Because you guys just got listed as top three best workplaces, right, in Indianapolis. So tell us all. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's interesting. One, I'll tell people never lose the scrappiness of a startup. You know, I think that's why Google is great <coughs> because they just continually innovate. And look, they've got great investors that look at them and say, look, I'm good with you continually innovating and, and building out and changing things. Obviously, they have a great business, right? Figuring out those key metrics on what makes you profitable, at least eventually, and those certain things, like that's a really big deal. But, you know, when I felt like we had a well-oiled machine was really when, uh, honestly, one of the biggest pieces was Amplify, our conference. When we showed up and people kind of know who you are, what you're doing, um, they're looking at, they're coming to you more as a consultant than somebody that's trying to sell them something. Like they'll start, to, you'll, you'll notice that your customers will start to ask you, you know, well, hey, like I love Simplify, we're using it done. That, that, that's, that's a different conversation. What about like a website company that can help me? What about somebody that can help me with my equipment? What about somebody that can help me with AI in the back? When they're starting to ask those questions, now that there's a trust factor there, which is gigantic, you know, that's the piece where once you've evolved into that trust world where they actually trust you or they're coming to you for advice, that's where it feels good. On top of that, when you start to say, look, um, you know, it's funny when we showed up to conferences and we, you know, you're scrappy at conferences at first when you're building that terrible backdrop and you're, you're setting stuff up and you're like bringing everything on check luggage. Like we would always buy the TVs at Best Buy, you know, like, right. When we get like all, all those pieces, you know, when you start to go, maybe I should pay somebody to build this for me. <laughs> like when you have that moment, don't get me wrong, we still build our own booths. But, and I don't know, like I'll probably have to leave Simplify for that to change. But at the same time, you know, this is, that's the kind of stuff where you're thinking like, you can start to look at the nice to haves or, you know, and you start to like sponsor a lot of the parties that you're doing, um, you know, that's a good thing with brand building. But, you know, I really feel more so that when we can confidently add team members, because Simplify, you look at the heart of all this, 
it's all about your team. The Simplify team is amazing, right? That's how we've been able to do this. Uh, Simplify, a great software company, amazing technology on the back end, but our team is what really makes this all happen. When I can onboard somebody, right, they can get that culture feel right away. They can go out there, they can talk about Simplify, they can understand it, and we can ramp them quickly and then have everybody within the team succeeding simultaneously. That's when you kind of feel as a CEO and as, a, as you go from startup to feeling a little bit more well-oiled. Yeah, at the end of the day. Yeah, I can vouch for that. I love the simplified Me team. Too. <laughs> so pleasant to work with and just has, has high energy and is just excited about what they do. So you have a really great team on your hands for sure. Well, awesome. This has been a really great conversation. We loved having you today, Dr. Hungate. And it's been a, a breath of fresh air to have someone like you that can speak so passionately about what they do um, and is also excited about what's to come with, you know, the innovation, and the technology. So um, if you'd like to learn more about Simplify, make sure you visit simplify.co and subscribe to our podcast or comment below if you have any questions for us. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks so much for having me.